In Bible study this year, we read the book of Ruth together. What a wonderfully written gem of a story. It's so carefully, so tenderly crafted. Reading the book of Ruth is a lot like watching a play. It's made up of dialogue, with each act introduced and closed by a narrator who summarizes time and place and relationships. Our reading today is all about leaving home, finding home, choosing home. As old as the story of Ruth is, it's also so contemporary. It's about choice, about belonging. The story begins when a family of four has to leave their homeland because of famine. Suddenly, they are strangers, outsiders, living in a new land and beginning a new life. The family settles in this new land, Moab, and gradually it becomes their home. Then suddenly, unexpectedly, death comes. The three men in the family die, leaving three widows to support themselves. Naomi, the matriarch, is alone in her grief with her daughters-in-law. By the legal standards of the day, there is nothing tying them together anymore. They no longer have any responsibilities for one another. Naomi decides to journey back to her homeland, and she encourages her daughter-in-laws to do the same. Stay here in the country where you were born, she says. Go back to your families and your homes. Leave me. There is no reason for you to stay. One of her daughters-in-law does this. She does the perfectly acceptable, reasonable thing, and she goes back to her home. But the other, Ruth, for whom this book is named, she chooses not to. She chooses a different path. She chooses Naomi as her family. She makes a vow to Naomi as her family, and she journeys back with her. We have chosen this story to remember and celebrate Pride Month, because the family we have in this life is not only the family we were born into. Ruth's story reminds us that we have a birth family, and we also have a chosen family. We get to choose the people who join us on our life's journey. We get to choose the community of support and love that will surround us and walk with us. And so important for today, we get to choose to be that community of love and support for others, particularly those who feel lost or isolated or estranged, those who feel like strangers in a strange land, like they are somehow different from the world. We get to choose to be family for them, to walk alongside them in solidarity, to show them just how much they are loved in this chosen family of God's love. To that end, I share Broad Street's recently refreshed statement of inclusion. It was first written back in 2002, and now 20 years later, the session has updated it and shares it with you today. Let's read it together. 
In celebration of the God-given diversity of creation and the unconditional welcome extended to friend and stranger alike by our Lord Jesus Christ, the Broad Street Presbyterian Church welcomes into its fellowship all who desire to be a part of this community of faith. Each of us comes to God in the same way, unconditionally loved and accepted. Such is the nature of God's grace. Therefore, all are invited to the celebrations and ministries of Broad Street Presbyterian Church. These include participation in all services of worship and the availability of pastoral care, as well as opportunities for fellowship, education, and service. As a church, we are committed to living together in such a way that we give witness to Christ's sacrificial life, saving death, and glorious resurrection by extending to all people the kind of hospitality exemplified in Jesus Christ our Lord. I feel like saying amen. Today, we celebrate Pride Month. I claim my role as an ally. And I recognize that as a straight, cisgendered pastor, I cannot be the only person to speak fully to pride. Thankfully, two Broad Streeters who are better equipped to share are willing to do just that. Nick Gajarski is a young adult who was confirmed here at Broad Street. Nick currently serves on Sessions Racial Justice Initiative. Nick uses the word queer Queer may need a little context if we haven't heard it in a while. The Human Rights Campaign defines queer as a term people often use to express a spectrum of identities and orientations that are counter to the mainstream. Queer is often used as a catch-all to include many people, including those who do not identify as exclusively straight and or folks who have non-binary or gender expansive identities. This term was previously used as a slur, but has been reclaimed by many parts of the LGBTQ plus movement. Our other speaker is Gretchen Metzelars. Gretchen is married to Susan Jones. Gretchen is an elder and has been part of the Broad Street community for a long time. She is retired from the Ohio State University. Today, we celebrate how we in the church can choose and keep choosing to be a community of love and support for one another. May it be so. Hey everyone, my name is Nick. Um, I use they them pronouns and currently I am in Pennsylvania. Uh, my mom and I are here to help move out my grandfather's stuff. Um, and I'm just outside his backyard. Um, I thought this would be the perfect place to talk about Pride Month. Um, so Pride Month is something I've been celebrating for probably the last five years. Um, <clears throat> it's a really important month to celebrate as long, along with other identity months. Um, but specifically, I think this month is important to me because it's a month that usually we don't talk about in school because we're either not in school or the school doesn't want to discuss it. 
Um, so I'm really glad I have this opportunity to talk about Pride Month. Um, so standing with LGBTQ members or queer people is so important, especially in these days, um, especially in a community like church, when we have a church um, that supports queer marriage, queer people, um, and even celebrates it, which is really great and has really helped me on my journey um, as a queer person. Um, I think it's really hard to see how the media portrays Christianity um, as a way that queer people don't usually interact with Christianity because of a lot of homophobic ideals, which we see in some church communities, which is really disappointing. Um, so I think it's very important that we continue to emphasize our love for queer people and show our solidarity with queer people and talk about uh, Pride Month with our kids. I think another important thing to realize during Pride Month is that we have to talk about the intersectionalities of Pride Month as well. As a queer person of color, I've definitely had my ways and struggles as a person of color in the queer community. Um, and I know other people has as well due to religion or gender. And it's very important to think about how other intersectionalities also go into Pride Month. Um, so as we enter Pride Month, <clears throat> I'm very excited to see what this church does, how we celebrate. And also, I'm pretty sure there's a celebration in Columbus on June 18th. <clears throat> and there's going to be a whole march, and it's going to be very exciting. So... I think as we continue to talk about Pride Month and go into this Pride Month, we want to make sure that we discuss how Christianity and Pride and queer people are should be together and that God loves everyone, no matter who you are based on your sexuality. Um, and I think we need to keep emphasizing that. I know our church does that. But the more we say it, the more we talk about uh, queer people and represent queer people in our ministry, I think the better the church will be and also, um, the better we will be as people to discuss these very important issues um, with our congregation. Anyways, thank you for letting me talk about this and enjoy Pride Month. Good morning. My name is Gretchen Metzlars, and I use the pronouns she and her. I want to thank the church leadership for inviting me to say a few words during LGBTQ Pride Month. My faith has always been at the core of my journey. I have looked to my faith as a source of guidance, hope, and inspiration. And other LGBTQ plus people of faith, as well as our families, friends, and allies are no different. We LGBTQ people of faith have often had to hold on to our beliefs and traditions through very trying circumstances. We are a part of and belong to every faith tradition across the world. Being a person of faith, a Presbyterian person of faith, as well as a member of the LGBTQ community, has been a constant game of hide-and-seek, as I attended a variety of churches seeking a place where I could be my authentic self, a place where I no longer had to hide. And I am not alone. Friend number one, let's call them Sam. Sam grew up in Ohio believing in a loving God and embracing their church family. Sam realized they were gay in their early teens. When a new minister was called to the church, he stood in the pulpit and preached that all gay people would go to hell. He added that God hated gays and that they should be cast out. What was the response of Sam's beloved church family? Did they surround him with God's love? 
No. They turned their backs and told him to go. Not surprisingly, Sam has trouble coming to church. As I sit with them in church, I watch the tears roll down their face. Was this God's promise? Friend number two, her real name was Debbie. Debbie was a student of mine at a small college in southern West Virginia. She was one of those very special students. She was on the dean's list, president of her sorority, on the homecoming court, star of the basketball and softball teams. Debbie confided in me that she was in love with a woman and wanted to tell her family and friends at home. I knew how important Debbie's family and faith were to her, so I naively advised her to talk to her minister in hopes that he would help her strategize a conversation with her family. She took my advice. She spoke with her minister, and he told her she was not welcome in her church. And she, he proceeded to call her family and share Debbie's most intimate news. She called me sobbing. I tried to console her, but two days later, she took the family shotgun and killed herself. These two stories are my stories, part of who I am as a person of faith. And I will tell you that L every LGBTQ plus person that has walked into this church or any other place of worship has similar stories. That is why so many of us have chosen to hide our LGBTQ plus identities as members of a church. Many of us are here and worshiping, but you may not know who we are because we are hiding. Many of us are afraid of what you will do to them in the name of your God. Thankfully, Susan and I have never had to hide at Broad Street. When we walked through the door 25 years ago, we were welcomed. What we saw and heard let us know there was no reason to hide. We no longer had to hide and seek. We saw. We saw you openly welcome new LGBTQ plus people to Sunday morning service. We heard you when the pastor discussed gay and lesbian people from the pulpit, then went on to say that Jesus never condemned anyone based on their gender identity or sexual orientation. We saw you when we were invited to participate in the church committee, creating a statement inclusion for our church. We heard you when the gay men's chorus led the musical portion of worship. We saw you as you stood by our side when the hate-filled Westboro Baptist Church came to town. We saw the kindness you showed to our first openly transgender member from the day she sat in that pew until the day she died. We heard you when you affirmed our Broad Street pastor flying with us to New York, a state where she could legally marry us. And when we returned, you openly celebrated our wedding. We saw you when you had open discussions and Christian education classes about LGBTQ plus people. We have seen and heard how you have treated all of us and each of us. We need not hide at Broad Street. We are free to seek the love of God as we have seen his love through you. I have felt the teachings of Ruth within the walls of this church. Ruth 1.16 reads, Don't urge me to leave you or turn my back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. In my experience, the members of Broad Street have come to recognize the work of God in and through their relationships with LGBTQ plus people. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God.
Is there more we can do as individual members of the church? I'd say the most important thing we can do is to love our kids unconditionally. Your people will be my people, your God, my God. Being supported at home, in school, in the community, and at church is important for all teens and children, especially LGBTQ youth. We must create an inclusive environment for our children and teens, whether they're in the process of exploring their identities or being bullied because they have two moms or two dads. Love them, embrace them. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Please, please understand the challenges and resiliency of LGBTQ youth and be the support and love that they crave and need. Next is a community of faith. Let's make certain our individual and collective voices are heard. The Ohio House of Representatives tacked on a last minute amendment to another bill last week. House Bill 151, otherwise known as the Save Women's Sports Act, bars transgender women from participating in school sports. It states that if a participant's sex is disputed, a physical exam of her internal and external reproductive anatomy by a physician could be used to verify her sex. Can you imagine? And to help you understand what a huge problem this is in Ohio, and please note my dripping sarcasm, according to the Ohio High School Athletic Association, there is one transgender girl in the state currently participating in high school sports. Perhaps we could use our collective voices to ask the legislature to spend a little more time working on issues like gun violence, as opposed to penalizing our one transgender girl. After all, in the past three days, three Columbus teenagers have been killed by guns. Next, please know that LGBTQ plus people have the same capacity for love, commitment, and monogamy as heteronormative Christians. So I would ask that you not hide when others weaponize the words of the Bible. Please speak out. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. And last, I offered this to those members of Broad Street questioning how to understand, talk with, and embrace those who may be different from you. In the words of author and minister, Reverend Peter Gomes, the question should not be, what would Jesus do? But more dangerously, what would Jesus have me do? Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Broad Street Presbyterian Church is a place for all of the children of God, all of the children of God. A church that honors God will welcome all people And I believe that Broad Street Presbyterian Church is such a place. Happy Pride.